Don't worry, guys. I got all day free. Got nothing going on. <laughs> Coat's fine. Is that, is that pointed at anyone in particular? We can start right now. Freaking point. We can start right now. Right this instant, actually. Welcome to the forecast, everybody. Wow. This is episode 84. <laughs> Freaking get out of here, son. Get out of here. Everybody, welcome to the Forecast, episode 84. The Forecast is a bi-weekly podcast produced every other Thursday. We're a group of people who love exploring and discussing all kinds of things from board games to video games to film to TV, the things we sort of encounter throughout our everyday lives. If you want to check out some other theft, other things we've worked on, you can follow us at facebook.com forward slash we are the horizon community, or you can check out our website at wearethehorizon.com. Additionally, everything we talk about in our podcast gets put into our cast notes, so make sure you take a look at that in whatever podcasting app you're using. I'm joined by a few additional peeps this week. Alex. Hello, sirs. And Caleb. madams. Oh my Hi. gosh. And madams. Owen. Hey, how's it going, everybody? And Jake. Hi. I don't know why I did that out of order. Some, for no, some that's reason, perfect. Are... It, switch it up. Keep people on their toes. Oh, <laughs> it's good. Yeah. oh yeah. No, okay, perfect. Alex, what have you been playing lately? Uh, I've been playing a bunch of things. Um, Started off with my friend Pedro. That's a. Uh, Recent indie release published by Devolver. I've been waiting on this one for a long time. We saw it at PAX like a number of years ago. Uh, no, I didn't see it at PAX. I saw it at the Devolver E3 thing. Oh my gosh, I, I love think. that. You're talking about their like main panel that they did? Yeah, which actually I haven't watched this year's. Anyway, uh, my friend Pedro is a side-scrolling action game. Uh, you play a man that is being talked to by... like. An imaginary talking banana that it's convinces you to go. Yes, sentient banana. He convinces you to go murder everybody. Essentially, mm-hmm. oh, um, and you play through these levels where you ha- can slow down time at any moment and murder everybody on screen, and also dodge all the bullets that they're shooting at you. And you have like wall jumping and like crazy acrobatics. And like swinging on wires and flipping switches, and then like crazy things like there's a pot on the ground and you can kick it in the air, and you're like in a pit and you kick it in the air, and then you shoot at the pot a bunch, and then all the bullets ricochet off the pot and kill all the people that are above you. Um, that- it's just a bunch of like crazy things like that, and it all makes you feel like you're just a total Spider Man. Oh. <laughs> it really makes you feel Name. like spider-man no it makes you really feel like just like an action movie star where you're just like tumbling through these rooms and blowing everybody's heads off with ease like what uh, like in terms of like making you feel like an action movie star what's that game caleb that you absolutely love on the ps3 and ps4 that has like a whole book nathan drake no oh my god uncharted uncharted that's uncharted. what it's called yeah, Where you feel, oh don't you God. feel like an action star in that in those? I mean, no. do, do you want Caleb's opinion? Because his opinion is worthless for hours. Because <laughs> if that's what they do, then yes. <laughs> why wait? Why do you think his opinion is worthless? Because he's wrong. Because <laughs> he okay. Uh, how many people on this channel like Uncharted? How many don't? Hmm? I've never played it. Yep, yep, I know. Jake. Okay, they're pretty boring. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, thank you. Oh, shoot. Jake doesn't like God of War. 
God Owen? of War. <laughs> I've never played anything on a PlayStation, Shoot. so on a well, PlayStation, I don't believe you. But I don't okay. believe you either. He's never touched a PlayStation <laughs> before in his life. I don't. I don't own one, so I can't help you with any of that shit. <laughs> it's cover-based shooting, and then sometimes there's like a cinematic where you gotta like hold forward, or sometimes you gotta like push X. <laughs> yeah. So they look like very cinematics of uh, Laura Croft. Laura Croft is an Uncharted ripoff. Oh, okay. Re- really? But so, with more yes. gameplay, which is okay. nice. Well, for what it's worth, I really like the Laura Croft games, so I'm okay with that. Then I maybe I would Why like Why are we Uncharted. calling them Laura Croft games? They're, yeah, this they're is so weird. Come I don't on. know. Somebody said that. I just... Mm-hmm. Tomb Raider. Shadow of the Tomb Raider. Yes. To- the, the new Tomb Raider games are very much like the Uncharted games. Oh, yeah. well, then I'll probably say that they're mediocre at peak. At peak. I like the Uncharted games better, for reference. I like the Tomb Raider games considerably better. I like Tomb Raider. Ooh. What else have you been playing, Alex? We're getting on a rabbit trail. <laughs> um, I picked up this game called Lovely Planet 2 because marketing works. Like, I, I'm, a par- I'm on, I somehow got on the Tiny Build like, newsletter, so they sent me an email every once in a while with like, hey, too. we released a new game. I'd probably signed up for it at PAX at some point. I'm sure mm. we did. I, yeah, I have no idea when I got on it. it. Pro- we probably signed up when we had when we went to play Cluster Trucks mm. years yeah, ago. And, that and then right. they were just like, hey, we'll just send them everything we're making. So they sent me an email. They're like, we put out the game Lovely Planet 2. And like, I clicked on the email. Usually I dismiss it immediately. But it like caught my interest somehow. And then I went and bought it. So those things work, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> uh, and it's a really fun game. It's like a first-person shooter that is more of like a um, puzzle arena, kind of. Like, there's a hundred some odd levels in the game, and they all play where you're just trying to jump around and shoot enemies. All the enemies are always in the same exact spots, and you always have to avoid the same traps and everything when you're running the level, and it's like a time trial-based sort of thing where you're trying to get three stars in every level. So you're like... You get really good at running these levels where you have the muscle memory down of like flicking around a corner and killing that guy and then like jumping over this thing and like landing on the the bounce pad and flying through the air and it starts to feel really cool. Uh, So that's a lot of fun, I think. Um, I never played the first game, but the second one's really good and I just bought the first one in the summer sale, so I'll probably play that at some point. Holy crap. They made a lot of money off of one email to you. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, the, the game was like $7 or something. Okay, so maybe it's not, not a lot of money. I mean, just wait until they launch their VR headset. Alex will buy three. <laughs> <laughs> I'm guessing uh, it only has one index. I do only for have now. one index for now. Wow. Until also, anyone else in the house tries it, and then they'll have five indexes immediately. Why five? <laughs> yeah, five too many. Yeah, five. No, you have five too. Oh. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. Don't even give me that freaking why five. You know mm. why. <laughs> Okay. Nobody listening to this is going to understand all <laughs> what just happened, but... That's okay. Uh, I've been playing a bunch of Mario Maker 2 more recently. That just came out for the Switch on the 28th. Uh, it's a lot of fun. If you like Mario, you will love this game. If you like the first Mario Maker, and you liked building levels, there's just more stuff to build levels with, so it's just strictly better. Um, the UI takes a little bit of getting used to. But I already made one level, and I'm working on another one. They added uh, a couple key features, like uh, co-op is in the game this time around. 
Um, they did screw up and make it to where you can't play online co-op with people you know, just random people. I don't know how that happened. I don't know how that got approved. But if you have people locally, you can play co-op. So right now I'm going through the very difficult task of trying to build a co-op level by myself without a co-op partner to try to test the different elements of it. So I'm doing things like there's an on-off switch that will switch these blue and red blocks on and off back and forth. And I'm like building a co-op puzzle where like one person will have to hit the switch and the other person will have to jump through this series of platforms. Is it like And in order to test it, I'll have to like set up a a different mechanism to switch it automatically like with a shell or something that's bouncing back and forth so that I can go through and do the jumps and make sure they're all possible. It's really weird. Is it like is it like synced up to the sound of a clock ticking? And no, the, the blocks are like on and off at the same time as the clock. No. Usually you have to physically hit the switch to switch the blocks. Oh, okay. So this is more or like you can do things gotcha. like my my first level was like three puzzle rooms where they all dealt with the on off switch, but it was a solo thing. So there was a bunch of puzzles with like maneuvering shells around to be able to hit the different switches to get the blocks to change to get you to go through the levels. Hmm. Uh, it's a lot of fun. Also, there's just like tons of people making levels all the time. So you just basically have infinite Mario levels. So if you like really are into just playing Mario, you basically have unlimited content. Uh, yeah, so that's cool. And then finally, I got my index, like we just mentioned. Uh, I believe Caleb did too. He's been using it. Yep. Um, index is really good. I, like significantly just, better than what what you had before. Yeah. Yeah. I would. Yes, I would yeah. say it's a very significant step up. It's not perfect. There's a couple no. issues. Um. You get an immediate sense of this is way way clearer to look at really when you first put it on. Much better. Resolution is so much better. I didn't think it was going to make a huge difference because when you look at just raw specs, it doesn't seem like it's a huge jump up, but it definitely is. It's like so. It's like night and day. Yeah. On top of that, you have like the smoothness factor of the higher frame rate. So. They said 144 hertz is experimental, but I've been running everything at 144 and it's been completely fine. I haven't bothered wow. turning that on, so I've only been running at 120, but it still looks really nice. Oh, wow. You should totally turn it on. Uh, Beat Saber, you, you can like feel the difference when you play Beat Saber compared to a Rift. Because I mean, that makes, it, that makes it sense just, just because of the pace of the game, right? Yeah. It's like really fast and it's just that much smoother. And. Mm-hmm easier to track blocks uh, especially blocks that are coming at you from the distance it's they're much more focused and clear i think in general like the the rift definitely had like a things were clear right in the center and if you moved your eyes and not your head things could get a little blurry towards the edges of the lenses mm-hmm. and i think this one's much better about you can move your eyes around and stuff is clear everywhere as long as you have the headset positioned correctly mm-hmm. uh the headset itself is super comfortable. Very comfortable. It is a little heavier, I think. But that doesn't seem to make a difference, really, because of how they distribute the weight and just like the way the whole thing is set up. The headphones yeah. are incredibly cool. They're the like uh, sound projection headphones. They don't cover your ears, right? They're the ones yeah, that they, just kind of hover. Like, they hover over. Right. So like your ears... 
like having stuff pressing on it with the rift would would start to like hurt after a while yeah Mm -hmm. nothing touches my ear at all now so it's just like the band above and it it feels great yeah it makes the head it makes the headset a lot more wearable for lengths of time and just like whatever material they use on like the the inserts and the cushion and stuff like that is I don't know if it's like more breathable or something, but it it can sit against my skin for longer periods of time, and it doesn't like get as hot, or I don't mm-hmm. get as irritated. Is it? So. Uh, I didn't look at the specs in terms of like the headband itself. Is it pretty easily adjustable for like multiple people to be like to swap between? Yeah, it's the old headsets? way easier than the Rift because there's just a dial on the back of it that okay. you spin. Yeah, I don't know why they didn't do it that adjust the, the size. Place. We have had that technology for so long. I mean, construction hats are made with that technology. So you can adjust the size and put on someone else's head. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's really good. There's still a Velcro strap on the top part. Okay. Um, the top strap, but mm-hmm. that's the one spot. There's and then also there's... there's an FOV slider for the eyes that allows people to scoot the lenses away from their face so they can wear like glasses or whatnot. Mm-hmm. Which... Yeah, like. The actual, the whole lens assembly moves in and out. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's nice. And so that means if you don't wear glasses and you want to scoot the lenses all the way in, you get a little bit more FOV. Freaking make them touch your eyeballs. Yeah, essentially. Yeah, like I much. get them as close as possible. Yeah. I want to feel my eyelashes on the glass. <laughs> I don't want to get that close. <laughs> <laughs> Something wrong with you. It's really That's... cool. Uh, more specifically, I picked up a new game called Fuji. Uh, and it's a fully supports the index. It's got full finger tracking. Oh, that's the other thing is the controllers have finger tracking. And it's very, it works really well. Mm-hmm. Very nice. Uh, I played through Fuji. I think I'm done with most of it. It's kind of open-ended at the end where you can go back and collect more stuff and, and build up your little like home area. But essentially it's like a exploration puzzle game where you're venturing out into these spaces and the world is dark and you're like just interacting with things and solving little mini puzzles and stuff like that. And you're like causing the world to light up again and like regain color. And it's all very like abstract and cool looking. So inside VR, it's like pretty incredible. Um, and then on top of that, you're like collecting seeds and these like little balls of light that you use as like a currency. And you're like growing a garden back at base, essentially. And when is there... it's just like it's just chill and cool. <laughs> they're they're supposed to be having like a like a I don't know if it's AAA title, but a big game coming out for the index, right? Supposedly in twenty nineteen. Okay. That'll be that'll be awesome. They've said actually. nothing about it. Yeah. Yeah, we got a game. Hey, who's who's <laughs> working with the developers right now? I have no idea what's going on. It's great. Somebody get us a game, please. I'm sure I it'll feel work like out just fine. With how similar Boneworks is to Half-Life stuff, I feel like they're going to get to like 1.0 on Boneworks and they're going to be like, secretly, this was the Valve game all along. (laughs) (laughs) And we've been showing it to people under the guise of it being a different game. Because that game's like like Half-Life, all the innovations on Half-Life back in the day were in the physics system. And that's the same thing with Boneworks. Like they're doing full physicality on everything. And they heavily demonstrate crowbar stuff in all the videos oh okay mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. so i don't know i mean that probably won't be a thing but it just is funny the way it's working out and that's also like the most 
uh, wishlisted VR thing on Steam right now, so <laughs> it's very wow. anticipated. Uh, I have been playing two things specifically. Number one, of course, it's TI season for Dota, so you know, I just end up playing a lot more Dota. Uh, in case you don't know, TI is the international, it's their international tournament they have every this is what eight yeah nine Nine? is it nine gee got a lot of ti's prize pool is already over 25 million so you know people are going to win a lot of money winning this tournament which is kind of crazy you think about like how much money you know professional athletes win from winning a you know like the super bowl or national title um these guys make a lot of money so it's kind of crazy uh but one of the things they do every year is the compendium, of course, and this year they released a uh, an Arcana set for Earthshaker. So I have played fifty eight games straight of Earthshaker. Oh my and, gosh! Yeah, <laughs> uh, and I finally made Arcana level. And I know we were not we were talking about how it just like it was you know it changed this color palette from red to blue and it looked really great. But let me tell you, changing it back to red, hitting some of his abilities looks absolutely fantastic. So. I don't know that it was necessarily worth 58 games, but I love Earthshaker, <laughs> so, you know. I'm I think I like about the blue it. better anyway. Ah, so see, it took you 58 games to get 500 kills. Yes. Slash assists. Kills and assists. Mm-hmm. Kills and assists. Yeah, but it's only it's specifically with Echo Slam, right? Specifically with, with Echo Slam. So you're averaging yeah. 8.62 a game. <laughs> yep. And some games I would get a ton, and some games we just would, uh, you know, I'd have somebody who'd get be like, rolled. hey, I'm going to tinker support, and we'd all be like, what? Even, no, nothing about what you just said makes sense. So no, get out of here. I have those type of games. So mixed bag. But either way, it's great. It looks good. Um, I think some of the sets that they've had this year have been pretty cool. And they just released Dota Underlords. I have not played yet. Alex, you played a little bit, haven't you? Oh, yeah. I didn't put that on my list. Um, well, just to add great. one more thing to your list. You know, was it? Is it good? Is it as good as uh, Auto Chess? Better than Auto Chess? I didn't really play much auto chess. I played maybe two matches of auto chess. We're spreading when we need him. Yeah, yeah. The custom game auto chess is like, uh, it's. I mean, it's just not polished. You know, it's a right. custom game made by some random people. You know, yeah. uh, Underlords is like a fully polished title, and I think that definitely shows because it's way easier to get into it. the The information that they display on the screen at all times is really awesome. I guess I should say auto chess is like a I don't know, it's nothing to do with chess besides that it takes place <laughs> on a chessboard. But you're basically like drafting heroes from a random pool that you're given and all the heroes to have different synergies with different heroes. And you're trying to like build a team of about 10 of them, give or take, depending on what level you get to, uh, that will synergize well enough to beat everybody else's teams, except for you're not actually fighting with them manually. They all fight automatically. So you're just constructing the team and hoping that your strategy for your team build is good enough. And it's so. a, it's like a uh, chessboard. It's like three by three. Or like a, There's like nine games going at once. I don't know if it's the same in Underlords as it was in Auto Chess, but... Yeah, so in, in Underlords, you don't see a full grid because like... Oh, that makes I guess, sense. I guess they don't have to like have everybody in the same area at the same time. So you can click on the other people and see their boards, but it's just your one board. Okay, that makes sense. It's cool. They've been a little slow releasing content this year, but they also promised a lot right at the beginning of the compendium release. So 
Um, we're supposed to be getting another release for a, a kind of custom game here. I think Friday is more Kai. Friday, yeah. Okay. I mean, they churned out... Talk about how long it takes Valve to do things, but then all of a sudden they churned out Underlords, and it's like a fully polished title yeah. in like 30 days. From the like, it was nuts how fast it was. Just because yeah. everybody else also said that they were doing one, so well, like, they oh. probably yep. saw the amount of people playing Auto Chess, and they're like, "Holy crap, we should make a game that is this game." It's gonna be great. I feel like it's a lot easier when you just rip off a game that someone already made. <laughs> yeah, you know, I think that helps tremendously yeah. when someone else does all the work. They haven't done that before. Yeah, no. definitely not for every <laughs> game they've ever released. No. Ooh, yikes. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Leak has so, a though, like, auto chess game too. It does. Yeah, they they do. do. Really? Yeah, I don't know if Team it's technically Fight out Tactics. yet. I think it might be out this week sometime. No, it's it's been out. It yeah, what's it called, out? Alex? Okay. Team Fight Tactics. Team Fight Tactics. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it looks identical, but league characters. Uh huh. Uh huh. The weirdest uh-huh. thing about Val- like Underlord's release is that you know Valve was working on that before they said they were. Oh yeah. Like. There's no way they did that whole thing that fast. So they they talked about how they met with Drodo or what I think that's the name of the company that did the original uh, arcade game because they're like splitting off and making their own thing. I bet that meeting went something like, "Hey, we have this mostly done version of your game that we're going to release. Do you want to work with us on it? <laughs> we'll pay you this amount and nothing more. Otherwise, see you later." That sounds about right. I wouldn't be surprised. Which is probably why they're like, oh, we're going to go do our own thing mm-hmm. on the Epic Store. <laughs> Gemini, the Epic Store. Get out of here. Um, I've additionally been playing a little uh, Hollow Knight on my Switch. Woo! I bought it when it was on sale. Man, that game is pretty. Yeah. And the soundtrack is great. I have not made yeah. it in a long ways, but uh, I have made it to... Uh, I, I guess are they considered bosses? Maybe they're considered bosses. The girl who's basically holding like a needle and thread... Yeah, like a spear hornet. Okay. Um, man, the game is just—it's just fun. I don't. It does not have the same. I I think what I was gonna say is like I like that I'm moving more to like the story of this game. I think I like more than more than anything else. Um, the movement I don't think necessarily seems as um fluid as when I was playing Celeste. Because, and I only say that because that's what I moved from. But uh, I I just like the gameplay and I think it's the artwork is great and the music is it's just it's good, especially for the level design. That freaking Green Path soundtrack is so good. Yeah, yeah, I love it so no, much. It's, it's very good. It's very good. And then whatever the guy's name is that like he's like the railroad dude, like moves you around between the map. Oh, you know, when yeah, you ring yeah, the bell. Yeah. I don't remember what he's called. I don't either. Charles but the Railway Man. No. That's what it is. It's Charles the Railway I, Man. Thank see? you. You're welcome. Man, gosh, he's a, that's he's why we a have you stag? around. Mm-hmm. He's a stag? Yeah. I think so. He looks like a beetle. Yeah. Stag yeah. beetle? Stag beetle. That's what they're called. Wow. Mm-hmm. Really, guys? Yep. Oh, word combo. All right, Kale, what have you been playing? Uh, I've been playing quite a few things. Uh, a bunch of stuff on Index, like Alex mentioned. Man, the Index is great. But I've been playing some other stuff. Uh, a medieval came out recently it's a retro shooter but with like medieval weapons and magic it's it's pretty fun uh, i haven't beaten it yet probably halfway through it it's pretty tough but it's pretty it's pretty fun i like it so far it's kind of doom-esque but less Ooh. guns and more more swords. glory kills oh, oh okay no sorry old doom 
Oh, old Doom. Got you. Not got Doom you. 2016. <laughs> we'll get there. Uh, I also played some Ape Out. That game is pretty okay. Aw. Yeah. I wasn't huge on it. It's it, it gets extremely repetitive and is only like three hours total gameplay. Oh yeah, no, I beat it on a it's very ride. short. Well, but then it's ape in, right? Yeah, yeah, I did that in about twenty minutes. So. Isn't it ape out again, and then ape in no, again? No, and then ape out. Again. No, there's four chapters of ape out, and then there's one chapter of ape in, uh, one level really, and then there's a harder difficulty, and that's it. And that's it, I think. Yep. That's, that game took a long time to come out to only it have sure did. It sure that did. much content. Yeah, and they make a big thing out of the soundtrack. The soundtrack's pretty good. It's not, like, amazing. It's no Hotline Miami. No. So it, I, I was okay on it. it pretty lukewarm. Uh, I also played some Rad, the closed beta for Rad right now. Uh, that game's pretty cool. It's a roguelike where... You travel around beating a bunch, beating up a bunch of mutated monsters. After you beat up enough, you get a random mutation, which could be like a snake head, so you can dart out and bite people, or a slime body that just puts poison on the ground as you run around. Um, and it's got some, it's got some pretty neat ideas behind it. There's a system where everywhere you run, it sprouts flowers behind you, and anytime you're running on those flowers, you run like twice as fast. So that you can backtrack super easily, which which makes it a lot just like quality of life is much better than most roguelikes where you have to backtrack. Have they improved it quite a bit since what we played at PAX? I think pretty similar. I didn't. Okay. I mean, I've I've played through more levels than we were able to at PAX. I don't know if those were added after. If that was, I'm sure that was just a they're only showing off right. the first level at PAX. I mean, I'm not saying it was bad at PAX. I just, I mean, clearly they've been working on it, so. Yeah, it, mm-hmm. it was good when we played it there too. Yeah, it's pretty good so far. It, it still needs some some work to add a whole bunch of more content, basically. But it's pretty good so far. I've also been playing a bunch of Insurgency Sandstorm with some of these folks. Hey, that me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this game's, I think, a great sequel to Insurgency. It has another interesting game mode that the first one didn't have called Hardcore Checkpoint, which, as you can imagine, is just Checkpoint, but really, really hard, which makes it a lot more fun. And well, it also has Frenzy. <laughs> yeah, say frenzy. there you go. Yeah. The Frenzy mode, where all enemies are melee or throw Molotovs, and they just sprint at you constantly, all the time. There's some really? that teleport around. There's some what that explode you... in fire. What you mean is all Gosh. enemies throw Molotovs and are melee. Because that yeah. basically, their, their first purpose is to throw Molotovs. <laughs> Molotovs are basically insta-kills, too. So that's, that, that is rough. We have not beaten one of those. Because the will final say point is impossible. That is by far like the best insurgency they've put out. I think the... the Gun sounds and just like the surround, like the sounds of like explosions and movement is so well done. Mm-hmm. And then they fixed a lot of problems that I think they had in the last one, which was just like small things like um, peaking and you would just get instantly shot by a sniper. And there's just no way that you could have like prevented it in, right. in the last game. Um, I think that they are a little bit like too much Randy Johnson with the Molotovs and the grenades because <laughs> they will literally hit you with them and not kill you with the explosion. Just hit you with the grenade because they're just they're very good at throwing. <laughs> There's that part, but 
pretty much everything else is great. I do miss from the first game when people yelled RPG, because that doesn't happen in this one, and it was yeah. so terrifying in the first game. It was so good. But now they added the suicide bomber cell phone sound effect, oh my which gosh. is also pretty good. That is scary as crap. I probably don't like it as much as the RPG, but it's, it's pretty good. Well... The cell phone one, I feel like you could get away from. If somebody yells RPG, you're just dead. Yeah, you have no clue where it's coming from. You yeah. have no clue where to go. You're just, you hope it doesn't hit you. It's a very well done game. Uh, Owen, what have you been playing? Oh, well, I've been playing some Outer Wilds um, that Caleb recommended. It's a game. I I I mean let me let me put it this way I am enjoying exploring through it I am very lost on the progression on anything that I'm fucking doing throughout this entire game um I also I don't know what the the big twisty thing is that people were talking about uh they're like oh you got to play this before you know like somebody spoils the twist from you or whatever um because I went into this quite blind and it's uh, it's an exploratory game I don't. I don't know what twisty twist there is here, but sure. Um, that probably means you haven't found it. <laughs> Good call. Maybe. I don't know. I've played it for about 12 hours now, and uh, apparently it only takes 18 to beat, and I will say that it's going to take me a fuck ton more than another uh, six because I am very lost. Um, but it's pretty. It sounds nice. It's a nice relaxing pace from... The other games that I play. So there's that. Also been playing some Cadence of Hyrule. Uh well I finished Cadence of Hyrule. I thought that was pretty fun. Good game. Uh still don't know how it compares to the Necro Dancer, but I felt like I played a very good Zelda game and it only took me like ten hours. Hmm. But apparently all of the like map tiles are procedurally generated so if i went back and played it again like where death mountain is or garuda valley is different than where it was for me which i was like that seems neat i'll try it sometime but yeah i I, i'd say if you you had to pick outer wilds or uh cadence of hyrule uh go go with cadence hyrule I would disagree. Um, <laughs> Ken's Pyro is good, though. Uh, and then uh, I also was able to play some of the Monster Prom DLC in anticipation for the second one finally coming out. Uh, it's pretty good. I like the little calculator guy. He's funny. When is the second one supposed to be released? Uh, at some point next <laughs> year. 2020, yeah. Yeah. Because okay. they they just finished their Kickstarter and they met a bunch of stretch goals. So instead of being like the end of 2019, they're like, hey, we got to push it back because you guys wanted us to do all of these extra things. And I mean, also they're doing some weird like they're making another Monster Prom DLC for that. Estimated delivery October 2020. I mean, they were only a mere half a long million time. dollars over their 32,000 euro stretch goal. So, you know. Oh, wow. Nothing big. Yeah, just pocket change, really. Yeah. Yeah, no, it was just really weird reading about their, like, stretch goal things. And they're saying how, like, basically they didn't want to give 
all of the stretch goals to the people that were kickstarting it. Uh, so you're going to get most of the stretch goals, but one of the things isn't going to be there and you have to pay money for as a DLC. I think that's the gist of it. It was very confusing. Kind of weird to do. Yeah, it was very weird. They're like, hey, we were just going to make this. Now we're going to make this and these like three because it was basically just going to be like these very small um, acts like vacations of monster prom. So you'd have like a ski resort, you'd have a summer camp and you'd have a, a third one that I forget what it was. And one of the stretch goals was trip. like road trip. That's what it was. And so the stretch goal was like, hey, what if we made each one of those the size of original monster prom? Instead wow. of all three of them being the size of monster prom. So that goal got hit. And then they got another goal to make a fourth one that's also the size of the original Monster Prom. So they were just like, hey, that fourth one, probably not going to be included in your Kickstarter thing. But everything else, you're, you're good. You're still getting a fuck ton more game for the money. And I was yeah. like, that's fine. Jake, how about you? What have you been playing? Cool. I have not been playing anything new, like new-new. I went back, I started playing Doom 2016. Oh, yeah. uh, I was having trouble getting into it. For some reason, I kept... I was, like, capped at 60 frames and would randomly drop to 40 while I was playing. And so the game was really sluggish, and I was like, man, I feel like I'd like this a lot, but it's running really terrible. After, like, troubleshooting it for, like, an hour, it turned out there's a setting for my Chroma mouse where it will sync up with the game, and by turning that off... I jumped up to 144 frames. It runs like butter, and it's crazy fun. <laughs> that is so specific. I, I know! This is why it took me an hour to figure it out. I was like, drop all the settings to low. Doesn't help. That sounds like the kind of crap that would happen with my computer, and I literally have to search the entire internet to find the one guy who's posted somewhere about the problem. That's literally what I did. I searched through mm -hmm. like five forums, and finally one guy was like, yeah, I just turned off the Chroma thing. And I was like, fuck you. What? <laughs> why is why is that so expensive but runs great now it's really really fun i'm super excited for doom eternal now uh i'm not finished with doom just yet but you know we're getting there the levels aren't how, that long so i'll probably finish made it pretty it? soon uh i just did it was like a foundry kind of area okay so i think yeah, it's yeah. like the second or third level it's it's actually longer than it seems like it's going to be which oh. is good Okay, yeah. I won't complain about that. Yeah. Uh, the other thing I started playing recently again was Enter the Gungeon. Uh, me and Caleb got back into playing that after failing pretty hard at playing it <laughs> back close to its initial release. Uh, yeah, we basically never accomplished any goals. We never beat it. We got close one or two times, but then, you know, I had to face the boss alone because my co-op partner elected not to join me. You know, wow. for whatever reason. <laughs> Bring this up again. It just, it happened like three times. It happened like twice. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> but this time we had two really good runs back to back. We, so there's this mechanic in Enter the Gungeon where you do runs to get to the bottom. But as you go, you've got to like assemble the bullet that kills time or something. Your past. Your the past. bullet that shoots your past. And, like, each run, there are these really specific items that you gotta get and bring to this lady at the last level before the final boss, and you give them to her, and she makes you this bullet. And we got three of the four in one run. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. 
It was it kind of run. insane. It was a we very, very a good run. Pretty overpowered weapon on that one, I think. Was that the no? That was the second one we had overpowered. What? Weapon. I don't remember what weapons we had, but we the first one now. kicked that game in the ass, and it's it's really really fun. I'm yeah. glad I got back into it. Was this your first run through since Farewell to Arms came out? Yes. Or did you guys? Okay. No, it is. Uh, it I is, think yeah. the first time we tried to play it was around when Advanced Gungeons and Dragons came out. Yeah. <laughs> did you guys get any of the new guns? They because they they were talking about like a whole bunch of new guns they were releasing. For I'm gonna look with you. I don't know. We what certainly all the old guns were. So. We certainly found some that were from the new. Okay. That name is based off of AD and D. Yeah. Like it, I, I didn't realize Advanced Dungeons and Dragons was a thing until we started playing Baldur's Gate. Mm. Yes, yes. But I didn't really get the advanced part of that. It's it's a thing. But yeah, that's that's all I've got. I know I feel like everyone else talks for like four hours, but <laughs> I talked for <laughs> a long fine. time. I just had to. It's, okay. it's fine. We have okay. other important things to talk about, like the fact that we just finally wrapped up Betrayal Legacy. Oh, oh yeah. Oh my gosh. And Owen, if you want to like close your ears for a minute, you know, <laughs> hear no evil. Um, man. What a freaking great legacy game. Yeah. So good. It's really good. So good. Like, I, I, don't get me wrong. I love base betrayal, but, and I also have a passion clearly for playing legacy games, but the combination of those two things and the way they told stories from uh, like sort of its path through history and how the house was formed and the ending, just everything all in combination, I think just added to how much better that game was with the, the one like sort of cherry on top being the fact that Alex died like more than seventy five percent of the games we played. <laughs> Very funny. Every every yeah. one of his characters died except for the one that was lost, where all our characters were lost, and also the final one. Yeah, which is insane. The one that oh my god, wow, yeah, wow. Alex, you played very yeah. well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it was like a self sacrificial play most of the time, right? Yeah, sure, like sure. When, punching a horse like when the demon dying yeah when the demon horse showed up <laughs> okay, i needed I to distract it from the rest of you didn't all of us die to the demon horse i don't think Actually, that one yeah. really that's not counts. true abe survived well yeah he was the traitor mm-hmm. that doesn't count abe was the demon horse so i wonder I think if he even survived he might have still died what was most impressive really was how things just worked out all the time like the story bits would fit together and make sense even though it was like that didn't have to happen that way. Like, there's a bunch of other ways it could have gone, but like with what we did and what we chose to do, this other thing makes perfect sense that that happened also. Yeah, we might have just got lucky in that sense, but I think maybe. we did in some situations because we would just it get like really an event cool. that perfectly fit the current story, or yeah, just like I... the the ending with Aaron being the final traitor. Yeah. And the circumstances of how he was, you know, he did a bunch of things throughout the rest of the game where he was like disrespectful <laughs> towards the helm or whatever. And then like he ended up being the, the guy. I will say the, like the fascinating part to me is I've played Pandemic Legacy season one and season two, and the stories in those are absolutely amazing. And, and I really love playing them. They're about twice the amount of play time as Betrayal Legacy because it's, one to two games every month and it usually takes about two hours to finish a game um and you play for like a 12 month period but i don't think there's nearly as much possibility of of replaying that as there is i think you could go back through and play betrayal legacy again uh just from scratch with a new group of people 
And even though you know like the basics of what's going to happen, there are so many different haunts you could sort of potentially encounter that I don't think it would be the same. Um, I, even even just reading through some of the like the, the the sort of content that prompts you for even the early haunts, they're completely different. And I haven't read them all because I don't want to spoil things because you, you can play this game after you're done because it's become this own. Like, it's your own custom betrayal game now. No one's going to have exactly what you have. And you can just play it like normal betrayal. But it's, like, clearly they've made it so that you could also go back and do something. Like, if you wanted to go buy another copy and start from scratch, you totally could do that. But I think it was a great game. Uh, let me tell you, the, probably the best part for me was that we were able to play on Tabletop Sim. It's just, I think, easy to not only get people together, but also... I, I don't really feel like we ran into a lot of problems with manipulating components to make sure that they're like, you know, both playable as a group and, uh, you know, persistent from game to game. Mm -hmm. I think we only Basically ran into only... like three issues. Yeah, this is just a handful of things that we couldn't really do. There's scratch a couple cards. of like physical things it wants you to do. Right. And physics based things. And the scratch cards, yeah. And even in those but, cases, the rules had, if you can't physically do this, you know, do this instead. Usually, there was one instance where they didn't, I think. The horse, I think, didn't have a fallback. If you're yeah. playing on tabletop sim, do this instead. <laughs> I did say that. Also, now anybody listening that's interested in this and has tabletop sim just went to the workshop and was very disappointed. Yeah. <laughs> Freaking send us a private message. Uh... <laughs> The game was great. I, I totally encourage you, if you've not played a uh, a legacy game and you like things that are very much like very exploratory in terms of map, that the stories are always different from game to game and that you like the sort of hidden trader role game, this is a definite like go to. I I would say try out the trail first before you go spending $75 on the legacy version. But if you know that you like that type of game, I mean, this is definitely to be fair, very though. well written. I think you'll get more out of Betrayal Legacy if you know base Betrayal. Like, it yes. feels very much yeah. built for people who love Betrayal and want more Betrayal. Right. Yeah. Especially the, with the way it ended. Yes. Mm -hmm. Particularly the way it ended. Man. No what a great freaking Legacy game. Gosh. Now you guys need, you need to go play Pandemic so that I can get, even though I know you never will, you need to go play Pandemic so that I can get feedback and know what you think in comparison. <laughs> Because I think that's... Is, is this the only Legacy game you guys have played? Yep. Yep. Mm -hmm. We've never played any other ones ever. Not even once. Man. <laughs> okay. Mm -hmm. Well, I know somebody has Aeon's End Legacy, so... Yes. Maybe that's, maybe that's next. Oh, yeah. But... Play the crap out of that. Yeah. Like I was saying, I think, like, story-wise, it's great. Pandemic in that realm uh, is definitely, like, more, more playable for people who have not done... Uh, like betrayal style games is very much just like cooperative team based and it's a lot like a lot easier inch level of entry in order for somebody to you know to play that game with you i mean we played with two people who had never one of them had never played pandemic at all and the other one had never played anything that's like long term and it was no problem so um what were we gonna say no mumble thought i heard a mumble Sorry. Nobody mm -hmm. said anything. no mumble. Not a, okay. We're in Sorry. mumble. Are we in mumble? Oh. You're breaking the freaking fourth wall, Alex. Uh, <laughs> this, this is good content. I mean, we're yeah, in the recording good. studio, sitting next to each other. 
Mm, yes. He's totally in the recording studio 100%. talking about City we of Heroes. In the same city. That's what we're about to talk about. Right. Who has this yeah. in here? So I put this story on here. The, this story actually popped up several months ago, but I keep on forgetting to bring it up on the podcast because I think it's just nuts. Uh, city of Heroes was a semi-popular MMO like seven years ago before it got shut down. Uh, it had like a small cult following, but the people that were into it are like really into it. So they were really disappointed when it got shut down. Uh, but apparently seven years ago when it got shut down, one of the developers wasn't happy about it either. So he leaked the source code to some people. Uh, and then about six years ago, a secret private server popped up that nobody knew about for the past six years. <laughs> what? Well, presumably somebody knew about it. Yeah, so it, there's about 3,000 players that were on it. Yeah, some a lot of people knew about it. Yeah. <laughs> 3,000 people <laughs> all collectively kept a secret for six years that there was this underground private server run by uh, SCORE, which stands for the Secret Cabal of Reverse Engineers. <laughs> <laughs> wow. wow. Man, what a cool story. And then, like, finally somebody was like, I don't like the way this is, like, being kept from the broader City of Heroes community. And they leaked it all on YouTube and stuff and talked about how they've been running a private server for six years and haven't told anybody. I mean, wow. if anybody's going to be able to keep a secret for a long amount of time, it's a bunch of gamers who are passionate about something that's, like, almost a passion project at this point. Because if they've taken it offline and nobody's able to play it, there's no, I mean, they're definitely going to want to keep it going. I mean, but. they made people sign non-disclosure agreements to join the server. <laughs> wow. <laughs> like, that's incredible. It's crazy. This game says it came out in 2004. Hunter? Yeah, it came out in 2004. It got shut down in, uh, in 2012, I think. What was the Vampire vs. Hunters game? Nosgoth. We need to get, we need to get some <laughs> source code for some <laughs> oh, Nosgoth. Yeah. Set up a secret private server. Yes, that was another such a one. good game. I have never been more bad at a video game. <laughs> you played Juggernauts, have never you? played Juggernauts. I've never played Juggernauts. I've not played Juggernauts. Let's talk about some film-related things. Uh, have any of you guys seen Spider-Man yet? Little Spooderman? Seeing it no? tomorrow. Considering okay. it's not out for <laughs> mere mortals. <laughs> okay, let me got to tell you this story. I don't know if Alex has shared this yet, but... I've got a story. I was, I was in uh, Gnosis Quick. Uh, I was in a different city and I was traveling for work and I decided I was going to go watch uh, Parabellum, John Wick, Chapter 3, which, by the way, if you haven't seen it, it's like the most over-the-top John Wick, John Wick, and clearly they're playing to that audience, but it was still very good. Um, It still did not beat, by the way, the the Raid 2's body count, though. Mm. Yes, the Raid 2 killed. There's a lot of people who died in the Raid 2. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, we get we watched Parabellum. It was great. We're walking out of theater. My buddy looks over at this other theater that's supposed to be playing. I don't some other kids movie. I don't know. But there's a table and a bunch of people like handing in pieces of paper and people with wands. And he's like looking over at it and he sees the word Spider Man. He's like, Hey, are you guys are you like watching Spider Man? Really? This is last week, last Tuesday. And one of the guys is standing there. And he's like, Yeah, you know what? Actually, yeah, we're we're doing a, a preview. Uh, do you guys want to go? I have a couple. I have a couple free passes for you guys to go if you want to go. A couple seats open. Uh, uh, yeah, whatever. Where's Ashton Kutcher at? About to jump out of the bushes and surprise us. And so my buddy asked him, "How much are the tickets?" Oh, they're free. We're just like, uh, okay. 
So we went in and literally it was a freaking showing of Spider-Man with no previews. That will never happen to me ever again for the rest of my life. But no joke, pretty cool experience. And I'm pretty sure all those people probably paid and then and then signed some agreement that they would not talk about the movie, but we were just given bands and we walked right in. Wow. <laughs> Great. Now you can spoil everything right now. That's like, I can spoil everything right now. Dude, where's the episode of The Wonder? <laughs> <laughs> the Wonder. <laughs> Get out of here. Um, if, uh, if you are even possibly thinking about going to see it, you should. It's very well done. Um, I would almost say that it, it rivals the story from the first Spider-Man. And so. if you're a Disney lawyer listening, this is all made up. It's not real. It's for entertainment. It's not. It's like jokes. Don't do it. Spider-Man. We're talking the Tobey about... Maguire film, right? Yep. The part where the Green Goblin says, join me, Spider-Man. <laughs> <laughs> what a good movie. <laughs> it's great. Oh, man. What a movie. That's for sure. Uh, let's talk about some other movies, too. Uh, yesterday. Yeah. So I saw yesterday last week uh and i thought it was an okay movie uh, uh i actually re- i enjoyed it a lot uh i wish what? it went more in its sci-fi vibes uh because like it's the entire premise is like oh you know this is a world where the beatles didn't exist you know this guy wakes up in a world where the beatles doesn't exist and they never like explain what that world looks like you know they they never explain like what would music be like? What would this be like? Who took the like their place in inside of like kind of like band fandoms and stuff like that? It never really kind of goes deeper than other than just, oh, hey, they're not there, um, which I feel like is a really missed opportunity, especially since they keep like pointing out all of these random things that aren't there. And some things make sense, like the guy searches for oasis the band and the band oasis doesn't exist in this world as well and i'm like oh well they're like heavily influenced by the beatles so that makes sense but then like the next thing they mention is coca-cola doesn't exist in this world and i was like what's the i spent like an hour doing research after the movie trying to find the correlation between the beatles and coca-cola and uh, there you is really one. don't have anything to do at work <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> Uh, all day, every day. Yeah, so mm-hmm. I was like, oh, okay, so I guess they just, you know, randomly decide, because I thought it was at least trying to, like, point out other things that didn't exist because the Beatles aren't there, but it was just like, oh, no, this world just doesn't have Harry Potter or Coca-Cola or this or that. They just, whatever. No no real rhyme or reason, just there. But if you mm-hmm. like Beatles stuff, if you like uh, interesting little kind of uh, romance movies, uh, pretty good. I liked it. The- the top story, just like searching for yesterday, the top story is yesterday is Beatles fan fiction without the fun. <laughs> Ouch. I mean, That's pretty yeah, dramatic. It, it seems pretty divisive. It, like from the people that I've talked to about the movie, you either like it and it's enjoyable, and you know you eat your popcorn and you're like that was cool, or you hate every second of being there. There doesn't seem to be people that are kind of like in the middle. Didn't you the open reason... by saying it was okay? I mean, yeah, but I enjoyed it. I liked it. I'm glad that I went. I di- I wasn't like walking out of there going, eh, it was all right, like I did with Toy Story, because I also saw Toy Story four, and that one didn't need to exist, like <laughs> at at all. It, it 
they wrapped up the story so well in Toy Story 3 that to have Toy Story 4 just seemed very much tacked on. And it was neat seeing, like, Bo come back. But it's the same tropes that any Toy Story movie... Like, they, do, they don't do anything fun or new. It's just the same stuff over again. And for those that have forgotten the Toy Story movies, sure, it's all right. But if you've, like, seen a Toy Story movie in the past five years, you could probably skip this and be completely okay. That's kind of disappointing. Well, I don't know if I've even seen the third one. My freaking boy, Critical, watched it and really liked it, so... Ooh. My Wait, boy. Did he, what, he Critical's your boy, too? I was not aware of this. What do you give it on the moist meter? The moist meter says it's 90%, so... Wow. Wow. I haven't the, seen it yet, so I can't say for myself. But <laughs> the one cool thing I think about like this movie specifically is the whole story about Don Rickles and his voice as oh, yeah. Mr. Potato Head. Mm-hmm. They, in case you haven't read, they talked about how Don Rickles didn't record and he like he passed away, and so he didn't get to record any content for Toy Story Four. But they found enough content elsewhere to just make all of his lines. All of is, his lines is literally two. Still, I mean, I, I didn't realize I'm just it was that small, out. but hmm. wow! Like it is, it is neat that they got it. They they were able to kind of like bring him in here. Uh, but they essentially did the same thing they did with like Grand Moth Tarkin in Rogue One, just being like, "Oh yeah, he's only going to say all of two to three lines, and we're going to animate him in and be like, look, he was there the entire time.'" And I was like, "That's." Uh, they CG'd in Mr. Potato Head. Yeah, I know. Am I the only one who thinks it's kind of gross to put dead people in your movies? It is a little bit. Like, yeah, a little yeah. bit. I don't know. I mean, like, technology's getting there. Like, once you can simulate their voice, are we just going to have like the same three movie stars in every movie? Because Keanu Reeves. Forever. forever. Absolutely. Like, Keanu Reeves going to be in every video game and every so movie gross. now. I, I would know. say if it's live action, it's a little weird. If it's something that's animated, though, it's almost like a posthumous album that somebody publishes. Because they're just using some of the content that they've worked on or created in the past, right? I guess. Yeah. Or assembled it into something else. Yeah, if you're assembling it into something else, I don't think that qualifies. That's true. That's also a little gross. It's like, he didn't, he didn't say those lines. It seems a little... I, I really love it was really obvious. Like, they clearly just, like, <laughs> cut clips. You hear, like, room noise in some of them. It's <laughs> <laughs> so, like, look, we got him, technically. There's, like, weird pauses in between the words. Yeah. <laughs> clearly different inflections. <laughs> That'd be good. I'd watch that. Would you? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> if yep. only to laugh at it. <laughs> Man. Um couple other things as well neon genesis i'm not sure who this is i it, it was on netflix that i actually oh, it's got literally to... everything you in film right now <laughs> i look i watched a lot of movies and tv shows instead of playing video games uh so yeah i i watched through neon genesis because it was on uh netflix finally and first of all just i i want to share my viewing experience with you guys because i am watching this uh regularly in netflix so it is uh english dubbed however <laughs> i have i have the subtitles on because 
my girlfriend is hard of hearing and we watch movies with subtitles on and the subtitles are translating the Japanese version. <laughs> That's so, so confusing. I have <laughs> literally watching the English dubbed but also have the subbed happening at the same exact time. <laughs> I got to do both. Um, Which one was better? Yeah. <laughs> I don't even know. So the I know that some people were like upset with uh Netflix doing the like they kind of like changed uh, the uh voice actors and they uh changed the uh subbed around and stuff like that but between the two versions of it it seems fine most of it was pretty much I would say about 75% of it was verbatim the same and then 25% was well let me let me back that up about 20 percent was the same feeling or sentiment just said slightly differently like they would say the beginning of the sentence at the end and then kind of like it would just be like flipped but the same sentiment comes across of being like oh no the bad guys are over there instead of being over there look bad guys right being like okay the, the the point is direction bad people approach like it doesn't change the story at all for uh, what it's worth i feel like netflix changes things all the time that people are upset about i mean for instance Geralt has one sword so and okay. the internet is like look you it's very important that he is two he is my magical pretty boy and he needs two swords one for people and one for monsters yeah it's just true I was he reading keeps it on that, his horse. Yeah, in the books, he keeps the silver sword on his horse most well, of the time. Fucking in the games, he Although, doesn't. Didn't again, Frank make we a talked great about point. this before. Yeah, it, it's like leaving your cell phone in the car because you don't need to make a call. That's not how that works. If you're gonna go out and That's you might be fighting point. monsters, you carry both your swords. Right. Is where to, one of the monsters transforms into a man. You never know. <laughs> to go back to the trans, the translation thing, I don't think the issue is between the. The two versions that are Netflix, I think the issue is whatever version was out before Netflix's version, because they, yeah, the subtitles are different from what they used to be. Yeah, so, apparently they're more like verbatim to like. So actual... you can't really you can't like compare between yeah. the English voice acted and the subtitles that are on Netflix. You'd have to compare between that and like a fan sub version or like whatever official Blu-ray version was out before. Well, this franchise is fucking weird, so I'm probably not going to bother trying to find some hidden long lost version somewhere else and comparing the two um yeah you don't have to but did you watch the end of evangelion thing yet i i did okay still freaking weird (laughs) it's better though Eh. um i will say the interesting thing about the show was that they like the the one major thing that was changed that i know a lot of people were upset about was towards the end a character shows up and is very uh queer coded as like this kind of like bad guy and they the new version from netflix they take a lot of that out like the character mentions straight up that they love shinji the main character and there's like this scene with them in uh the showers together Ooh, yeah and like the Netflix uh, really tried to like dull that down being like it, instead of being like, oh, hey, I like you. 
as a person, you're going to be a good friend. Let's go take a shower instead of being more like I'm madly in love with you. So that was like the thing that I know a lot of people were upset about because that like changes the sexual orientation of a character that shows up as well as like just this very large thing of bad guys always being queer coded. And I was just like, yeah, I, I, I don't know whether it's a good or bad thing that Netflix decided to kind of like try to put that on a pause because on the one hand you're like, Hey, good on you for, you know, not trying to make this bad person like obviously gay because that's a trope that happens a lot. But on the same time you did take away the sexual orientation and representation of gay people in this franchise so that's not great perhaps more importantly it's already out they already made it it's already already the way that it is like don't don't change the thing like it's you're just putting it on different things i mean i guess i guess at that point like fuck it (laughs) did jk rowling work on this (laughs) (laughs) probably is bad guys being gay a trope uh yes it there's uh a lot of like kind of uh feminine gay uh qualities are put onto like kind of villains in a lot of things they're very like effeminate like evil men uh is a trope that happens in a lot of things and is not great because then you start associating with bad people being uh homosexual or I mean, somewhere I could, on the LGBT. I could see how that would be bad but I just never knew that was a thing that was commonly done and I don't rec- I don't think I recognize that yeah, like, I, I didn't notice it until uh, my girlfriend started pointing it out, and then I noticed it was, like, in a lot of the media that I consume. I was like, holy shit, it's, like, everywhere. Mm. Uh, I wanted to mention one other thing on Netflix. I know you guys don't watch uh, Voltron, but there are now eight seasons of Voltron on Netflix because they can't eight quit seasons. making it fast enough. Yeah, I mean, literally, they'll release a season, and they'll be like, hey, guys, we wrote some more content. Here's another season, and they'll release, you know, are there like seasons. four they're episode like, seasons like no, Castlevania like was? Eight or ten episode, twenty-five minute, uh, twenty-five minute episode, eight episode seasons. How much have you watched? Um, I'm like halfway through season six. Is Demon. it good? I like it a lot. At, at first, it was like definitely more of like this, like it brought back like the Voltron from back in the day. I don't mm-hmm. remember when that came out. It was a long time ago, but. It felt that way. It felt like a Saturday morning cartoon sort of thing. But they have really done a good job of developing their own voice and like sort of perspective on the characters. One of the coolest things I actually just watched, they had an episode in season six called, um, shoot, what was it even called? Uh, it, it, it basically was, oh, it's called Monsters of Mana. That's what it's called, Monsters of Mana. And it, the whole thing was about them playing basically a version of Dungeons and Dragons. And it really played off of the, I don't know if you guys remember the Gravity Falls episode, Dungeons, Dungeons, and more Dungeons. Dungeons. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It literally felt just like that. The writing was well done. The way that they played in their characters, because they were like playing as themselves in the game as something specific. And their characters like had the same personalities, but they were definitely playing as something in the game that, that made sense with the world. And they talked a lot about how um, you know, playing this type of game is really cool because, oh, look, time has passed, but I've been having so much fun, but it's been so much time. Also, there's a lot of critical thinking and people are involved. I mean, it just felt like very much along the same lines of what they were doing in, in Gravity Falls, like 
not necessarily promoting it, but saying, you know, this is actually something that's really cool and really fun to do. Did they get Probabilitor in there? They did not get Probabilitor. (laughs) That's Uh, too bad. But one of the main guys was playing the, I don't even know what he was called, but essentially a dungeon master. And every time they would like solve a problem, it would just create a much bigger problem, which (laughs) I think was just great. Like he's just making up the story the whole time. Um, It's just good. And the story, what? Freaking four of these seasons came out in 2018. I what? told you, dude, when I Four. said that they just make seasons, <laughs> oh they just gosh. make seasons. And it's not like it's crap. Like, there is definitely a storyline that is progressing, and it's 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 well written. I'm not going to, I mean, I'm sure I have some sort of affinity for this, like, this show, just because I watched it when I was younger. But I also just really like, I think the style's done. I think the battle scenes are done fairly well. Uh, I think the content and the story that they're writing is done well. Um. Clearly, it speaks. I'm sure it speaks to a younger audience, but there's definitely some overarching themes that are very much in the realm of this is cool. I can connect with this, and it's kind of a a fun, you know, 25 minute watch. I don't have a lot of shows that are 25 minute watches, hmm. so it's neat. I it, try it r- out real quick before we move out of film and TV. I started watching the new Star Trek series Discovery. Um, yeah, yes! how is it? I I'm a, like five episodes in or something like that. The only thing I can think about is how retarded the spore drive concept is. <laughs> the entire time I'm watching the show, what to the, the point where I just a second ago I wanted to go see if I was completely off base, so I started typing spore drive into Google, and the first autocomplete entry was spore drive stupid. <laughs> what do you think is so stupid that's, about it? That's just the internet, though, Alex. Like, don't take that for anything. If you type anything, it autocompletes. It's stupid. <laughs> yeah, it's true. I don't know, just the idea of like we're gonna instantaneously transport anywhere in the universe because spores somehow some have spores somehow have a network across the entire universe that we can travel upon. Like mushroom spores, essentially. Okay. I was gonna ask, as someone who's yeah. never watched Star Trek. Mushroom spores, that's right. Mushroom spores. Maybe okay, maybe you're looking at it wrong though. Maybe they're not actually transporting. Maybe they just get really high. And they're like, oh my god, look at these aliens here. And that's the episode. Oh my goodness. It's so weird. So, two things. Number one, that's just Star Trek. If you, if you, no joke. If you watched any of the older Star Trek, they encounter things where you're just like, this doesn't... It's not that it doesn't make sense. It's just removed enough that you're like, okay, no. That's dumb. There's no way. Like one of the best episodes of uh, uh, Next Generation, uh, Picard comes in and interacts with like an alien race and lives an entire life. And then when he dies, he just comes back into his current state and merely seconds have passed because he basically lived an experience so that he could remember the aspect of a race of people who were dying. Like, no. Maybe like Inception level stuff, but my point is like that, that that is very much like in the Star Trek realm, so you have to like some people don't like that. Some I people can like suspend don't like that it's so a removed. lot of disbelief. But I don't know. The spore network thing's a little too crazy, I think. <laughs> number two, number two, I will say, they do move away from that. Not like entirely away from that, but they do like that that takes definitely a backseat to the I mean, I figured the story. Everybody I've talked to about the show says the first half of the first season's like the worst part of it. It is and absolutely the worst part of the show. 
it gets like way way better yes so yes second, oh my gosh yes the second half of season one is excellent so all good. of season two is amazing correct all of season two and you will watch that show and you'll be like there are like 50 things that they need to wrap up and you'll watch the next episode and you'll be like holy crap they wrapped them all up and now there's 50 more things that they need to wrap up they do an amazing job of wrapping up loose ends it's weird it's ridiculous the story is really well written uh and they like if you watch the end of season two you'd be like okay this show's done forever no they just announced season three which is exciting um so it's gonna be coming back for even more Uh, keep just keep watching is the point it's it's worth it it's worth your time uh last but not least uh somebody had mentioned something about some eve online related things yeah i don't know if you guys saw this but i we've talked about eve online a couple of times on the podcast even though none of us actually play it just because of the sheer crazy shit that happens in that game Mm -hmm. uh and so recently uh what is currently going on uh, is that there was like this race of alien NPCs inside of the game and they just kind of like grouped up out of nowhere and just started beating the living shit out of all of the human players in the game. Like they uh, apparently you'd see like one of their ships here or there and you could like get your buddies together and take out the ship and everything's fine. But they, you've never see them like kind of like amassed in an armed like in an entire army and then invade a place. And that's currently what they're doing. And so like basically everybody's in full panic there as uh, we've mentioned before, there's kind of like wars between the factions of humans that are playing. Uh, they had to put all of their wars on halt and just go on the defense because they're just like obliterating these giant space stations that uh, people have spent so much time like building and working on. And they're just like taking over the universe. And um, this like, is, this is kind of cool. This article I'm reading about it is talking about how like the NPCs, they're called drifters and they've yes. only, they've been in the game for years and never really done anything. They've just never, they've just kind of been there. Um, but, and they never done anything organized, but now they're showing up like 20 to 30 ships at a time and just annihilating people. Yeah, like a, uh, a the story that I was reading, this guy, um, you know, like heard that his base was under attack and that there was like drifters there. And he was like, oh, it must be sabotage because apparently you can like go fight a drifter and then, you know, just run back to your base and it'll follow you back. And then your base will fight the drifter and you'll it'll get into the encounter and but there he's like oh man it's got to be someone who just did this on like a huge field to get like 30 of them here so he spent like three hours trying to figure out what the heck was going on until he realized that no one did anything it's just that these things are now coming out of nowhere and fighting uh and they're very hostile now and they're like oh okay so like there are like truth packs happening now between factions people are trying to like watch each other's backs because these guys are coming out of nowhere and destroying everything and uh, it just seems like really interesting. And like one, a bunch of the players were complaining to the developers of the game. And they're like, how could you do this to us? And they're just like, we don't know what you're talking about. We didn't do anything. <laughs> that's a lot of money and ships. They're blowing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's exactly why people are, are like upset. They're just like, you know, in real world dollars, they're losing like hundreds of thousands of dollars. And 
the developers are just kind of like, what are you talking about? We don't know anything about drifters. We didn't tell them to do anything. This is great. The end of this article says Eve developer CCP has been vague, saying only that they, quote, are aware of what is happening and are eagerly watching the situation. (laughs) (laughs) Eagerly watching. Great. I saw one where the developer said they contacted the drifters but got no response. (laughs) Yeah. Man, Eve is so freaking cool. I never want to play it, but it's it's incredible. I, I'm a little worried because I feel like if you ever tried it, Alex, we would just lose all contact. <laughs> yeah, sure. You'd just be gone. What happened to our server and Alex <laughs> and everything else? Uh-uh. <laughs> He's uh, on the bright side. We know if you're ever missing, we know the first place to look is yeah. find Eve online. <laughs> no, no. I think you mean give up immediately <laughs> because he's in Eve. <laughs> they, they're calling this, I think this is what this is called, the tr- uh, Triglavian Invasion. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Uh, Eve's crazy. Just the whole idea and the number of players they have, the amount of actual real world money that's been spent. The amount of effort to do things like it, it is something that I have looked at before because of just all how crazy everything is. And I was like, oh, maybe that seems something interesting, but I can never quite understand how anyone controls anything in that game because it's not just like oh press a couple of buttons and you're flying a ship it's just kind of this random massive everything because you can like customize what it looks like and how it flies and design i was like yeah this is too much this is way too much for me (laughs) i just need like press a go forward kind of thing Oh, here's a comment from the developer. I reached out to CCB Games personally, and a spokesperson said they had, quote-unquote, reached out to drifters for comment, but they rejected our hailing frequency. <laughs> yeah, that's what it was. <laughs> oh, man. Woo! Man. Uh, okay, well, hey, everybody, thanks so much for joining us. Um, if this is your first time, thank you for listening in. If it's not your first time, welcome back. Um, please touch base in two weeks. We're going to be coming out with another new podcast. Uh, additionally, if you want to check out some other things we've done in the past, you can check out our website, wearethehorizon.com. Uh, we post a lot of content on there. And, you know, we do some other things on occasion, like Humble Monthly Bone Rumble. Um, you know, Aww. maybe maybe at some point, again, in the future, maybe. <laughs> maybe. That's Caleb. a stretch goal. Maybe. That's a stretch like goal. Caleb. <laughs> I'm not me anymore. I don't want to drink Caleb. Anyway, thanks so much. We'll catch you next time. This week's podcast was edited by me, Aaron Juno. Other voices this week include Alex McCoslin, Jake John Federkyle, Caleb Juno, and Owen Patterline. This week's music was again brought to you by Amer. You can check out his music on Spotify, or you can also check it out on soundcloud.com forward slash Amer. Also, this week's podcast was again brought to you by Reclaim Industrial, a small but amazing shop of makers, designers, and fabricators based out of Bluemont, Virginia. You can check out their website at www.reclaimindustrialwithane.com. Additionally, you can check out everything that we do, We Are The Horizon, at our website, www.wearethehorizon.com. We have a lot of video posts as well as links to other content we've done in the past. Again, thanks so much for joining us, and we'll catch you next time. <laughs>